0: Am I the only one here tonight? Shaking my head thinking something ain't right. Is it just just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I know. Who thinks they're taking all the good we got? And turning it back. Hell, I'll be damned. I think I'm turning into my old man. Am I the only one? Willing to bleed, take a bullet for being free. Screaming, what the fuck in my TV? You're telling me, yeah, you're telling me. Am I the only one? Willing. to for my love of the red and white. in the blue, burning on the ground. notice that you coming down into me, watching the threads of old glory come. And worries about my kids And my grandkids All the things he did I'm the only one Can't take no more Screaming If you don't like it There's a fucking door This the freedom We've been fighting for It was something more It was something more Yeah, i the only one Willing to fight for my love on the red and white in the blue hurry on the ground another statue coming down Tell me watching the threads of all glory come on down one. I can't, can't breathe
1: song, De Niro movie, all those wacko leftists. Am I
0: the only one sitting here holding on, holding back my tears for the ones who gave with the lives they gave? God bless the USA, I'm not the only one willing to In the blue, burning on the ground, another statue coming down in a town near you, watching the threads of old glory come undone. I'm not the only one.
1: amen hello everybody and welcome back to the forgotten conservative um, I know I'd opened previous podcasts with the national anthem and this is thrown together it's uh, 0435 and I'm I'm working nights so um, this is going to be off the cuff Um, but, you know, in that song, it's so significant, especially with how I feel in in the, the podcast that I named it, The Forgotten Conservative, uh, because it's significant that I say the meaning me, but it signifies so many of us around the country. Uh, I've traveled 44 states out of the 48 and met so many people, saw so much of this beautiful countryside and so many people, you have no idea. So many people feel like we do. The ones that listen to this podcast, they feel like we do. And it doesn't matter. You know, my second wife was a Yankee um, from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. And I thought, well, there ain't no way I'll ever hook up, you know, meet some Yankee chick. Cause she's back, crap, you know, crazy, Looney tunes. Um, Cause she's a Yankee. Everybody said, well, what do you think? You know, you married a Yankee. But it, that's not the case. They deer hunt, they duck hunt, they're, they're rednecks. They dip Copenhagen. I mean, they live their lives. They get up. They go to work every single day. And all they want to do is, you know, live their life free from tyranny. They want to be able to get up, go to work, coach Little League, take their family to a movie, you know, even or a dinner once a week to the Golden Corral. But, they just wanna live their lives, they wanna be free. And they wanna teach their kids good manners. Well, you know, we in the South, we say yes ma'am and no ma'am. You know, when you see in the South, the kids that don't have, the men and women that don't have teeth, you know they don't say yes ma'am and no ma'am. Because when I was growing up, you said yes ma'am or no ma'am, and you got, or you got a back end. So, um, in fact, when I first met both of my ex-wives I said ma'am and they're like you know what's that about my first wife she's like eight years older than me um but nevertheless the people all over this country no matter what of the 44 states I went to Maine New Hampshire even California you know they're they're just like us by and large um Some of these states, they have these big blue areas, but the people across the state, you know, there's farms, there's Trump signs, there's, you know, I can't say now, but I'm sure some of those Trump signs are replaced by, let's go Brandon. Um, We're not alone. I named the podcast, The Forgotten Conservative, for a reason. And the, the reason is because Washington has forgotten us. The states should be controlling more of our lives than the federal government. Ron DeSantis, super governor of Florida, um, who I would say is you know, right there neck and neck with Trump for 2024. For the record, I hope Trump doesn't run I love Trump as a president. I think, well, I know, he was the most conservative president since Reagan, and Trump's not a conservative. Trump's not an ideologue. Uh, Trump's a common sense man, which is what conservative is. If you believe in the Bible, if you believe in the Ten Commandments, if you believe in the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, which I'm looking at, I was looking at that, it, uh, mounted on my wall in my this room as that song's playing, a poster, Ronald Reagan, another poster, the 12 original Bill of Rights before they pared it down to 10 with a picture of George Mason and James Madison. If you believe in the Ten Commandments, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, then you're a conservative because that's how you live your life. Abraham Lincoln said he was educated, self-educated, okay? By the Bible and Shakespeare. That's a hell of an education. In fact, quick story. Abraham Lincoln, after the Lincoln-Douglas debates, which are tremendous. If any of you have Audible accounts, go to Audible, and if you've got free credits or whatever, get the Lincoln-Douglas debates. It's phenomenal. And to hear the way they talk, to hear a real debate where you don't need a moderator, where one candidate gets an allotted amount of time, the other candidate gets an allotted amount of time, and then the first one comes back It ends it up. It's phenomenal. And uh, Stephen Douglas was considered, uh, he was called, nicknamed the Little little Giant because he had this presence, um, this awareness, this ability to speak. He was a Senator, Um, tremendous politician. And he battled Lincoln, seven debates and I think Lincoln won them, but if you have Audible, if something like that interests you, which it probably won't, I'm just a dork and a nerd, but if it does, um, it's worth listening to. Uh, But nevertheless, if you believe in those things, Lincoln uh, said, and so he's given these speeches after the, the debates. Lincoln won the popular vote in that Senate race from the Lincoln-Douglas debates. But back then, the legislature, the state legislature, selected the senators, which is how it should be now. But I think it was like, I don't know, 17th amendment maybe, that changed it to a popular vote. But nevertheless, I, I'm not going to, the point is that Lincoln went on the speaking tour and given speeches um, on the, the East Coast. And these people had never heard Lincoln. They'd heard about him from the Lincoln-Douglas debates, but they hadn't heard him speak, um, hadn't seen him. And Lincoln, had, he was tall. Uh, you know, he had a hard life growing up. And had a, he was just a commanding presence, which... Politicians, certain politicians do. Bill Clinton, you know, he was, he's slick willy. We all know the stories, okay? But one of the things people said about him was when he walked into a room, he had a presence. And good politicians do. Bill Clinton was not a statesman, I don't think. Um... I wouldn't even necessarily say Reagan was a great statesman. He was a good statesman, but that's getting into the weeds. Nevertheless, so Lincoln comes off the the stage at Cooper Union uh, in New York, and this reporter sits by him on the train and says, hey, man, can I ask you some questions about the speech? How... Where did you learn this stuff? How did you learn to communicate this, to paint the picture so eloquently that no matter what level the audience member was on, they could understand it. And these are complex problems, but you broke it down to the simplest form. And so Lincoln says to the reporter, He says, when I started law school, I kept hearing the word demonstrate over and over and over. You have to demonstrate. Now, by the way, at this time, Lincoln was a successful uh, lawyer for the railroad and built a pretty successful career. And And so he tells the reporter, you know, demonstrate. And I was having trouble demonstrating I couldn't find the words much like me and why I've been absent Uh, but nevertheless he said so I left my law studies and I went back to my father's house and I studied I think it's like six books of Euclid and Euclid is basically math I guess I I've never attempted it, so I can't say precisely. But he went back to his father's and got the six books of Euclid. And he said, when I could learn how to demonstrate the works of Euclid, I knew I would be able to demonstrate. I knew I could go back to law and I would be able to demonstrate. I think the analogy that the reporter was talking about was, he said, if there's a snake in your kid's bed, you try to get the snake out of the bed and kill it. If the snake is out in your corn, well, you hope the snake moves off. You don't worry about it. If the snake is in your neighbor's bed, well, again... You hope that the snake moves off and doesn't bite the kids. And he was talking about slavery. Now, don't quote me on that. That I'm just talking from memory. But he com- he was comparing that to slavery. So when the founding fathers, you know, signed in 1787, they did the Constitution. By the way, you watch all these race baiters on TV. They won't tell you that when the Constitution was ratified in 1787, five northern states, blacks, could vote. Okay? They won't tell you that. But they set up the means. In fact, they won't tell you that one of the original grievances that Jefferson put in the Declaration of Independence is that the king vetoed in the Virginia House of Burgesses to outlaw the international slave trade. So Virginia, the government of Virginia had already voted to outlaw it and Virginia was a key Southern state Um, and the king vetoed it. And so at that time, we were still subjugated to the British empire, the strongest military in the entire world at that time, at the time of the revolution and the declaration of independence so but so now you fast forward 87 years and Lincoln's president and he's like the founding fathers set up that slavery was a necessary evil at the time to form a union to form the united States. We left slavery alone. We knew it was wrong. We knew it was immoral. The Declaration of Independence says that. Most people will tell you it's because they say all men are created equal. Well, that's true. That's a part of it. But the key phrase in the Declaration of Independence that says we don't want slavery. We will say it in a more subtle way. The consent of the governed. A slave does not give his consent to be governed. So when the declaration of independence, where it says the consent of the governed, that, and by the way, I've had podcasts on American rhetoric and the declaration of independence is probably the most beautiful and independent, beautiful. And, um, I don't know, I was going to say independent, but obviously it's the declaration of independence, but it's a statement of rebellion against the most powerful country in the world. And it says, we believe that man was born free. Our rights don't come from government, which at that time was a king. You you cannot bestow our rights. You cannot determine our rights. Our rights come from God. Because we were born, just like Adam and Eve. We were born, and so just by the nature of being born, we have certain unalienable rights. Now, I mentioned this, I guess, like poster. This got a picture of James Madison and George Mason, the original 12 Bill of Rights. Um, I, I don't know if Bill of Rights is accurate because... At, The 12 were not called Bill of Rights, but certain states would not sign the Constitution uh, and and give their okay for it to go to the states uh, to be ratified unless they worked on something for individual rights, which is where these 12 came from. And they basically pared it down, um, condensed it, into 10. And so those first 10 amendments were considered the Bill of Rights. Uh, pretty much everything of the 12 was condensed. and, and that's what, why you'll hear uh, clause this clause in uh, like the First Amendment, freedom of speech. Uh, the government will make no law abridging uh, religion or freedom of speech um it's it's so it's it's a clause in it like for these anchor babies for instance i think it's the 12th amendment and so they say based on the 12th amendment if you're born in america you're a u.s citizen that's not what it says okay it's and it's been bastardized and at some point the democrats i'm not blowing smoke The Democrats basically said we're going to count those and we're going to give them benefits. We want them dependent on the government. If you're dependent on the government, guess what? You're not. You're not free. I'm not going to put anybody down for it, but if you depend on the government for any type of income, minus my brave, courageous, military friends that have been breaking my balls about a podcast. And I feel like I started this for people, especially younger people, but um, for people that they don't have the insight that I think I do. And I may be all wet, but I think I've got a pretty good insight uh, on politics and what's going on which I will say first of all I'll apologize for being away I could blame it on an ancient computer from the Jurassic area which it's a pain in the butt to get going and and start the microphone and, and start the recorder I could blame it that I've met someone I have someone in my life that Takes up some time um, that I cherish, cherish and love dearly. Um, I could blame it on work because I work a, a jacked-up schedule. But I, there's so much, there's so much there. They hit us with so much repeatedly it's it's like a machine gun um that they hit us with and you're trying to battle one thing and and on the side flank they're hitting you with something else and as citizens we can only fight so much but i've got all this in my head and I've told some of um my young friends tonight and, and in the past that it's like I'm constipated in my mind because there's so much I want to say and and I I just can't get it out. I I don't know if I can form it to make sense. Um and I'm I may not be right now. But you know one of my buddies, Corey, he's being deployed Thursday. He'll be back in May for a couple of weeks. Um, his wife's been deployed for a month or so, six weeks. Um, she's a sweet girl. I think she's an E6. I don't know for sure. Uh, but they're, you know, these people, they're they're a married couple and, and they're just spending crazy time apart for us. And I've always been proud. I wear a flag pin every day. Probably I, I don't know if it was ninety-four or ninety-six, but slick willie was in office and he was just and think about this. If Slick Willie could could run if he was eligible to run for president today, he would not be liberal enough to be elected. If he ran the same way he did in 92 um, or 96, he could not be elected today based on uh, the liberals, the wacko left today. If Obama, In 2012, if he had not changed his politics and went further left, he would not have been elected in 2012. Of course, um, put on your tenfold hats. I think the IRS and Lois Lerner played a significant role in limiting the... um, Republican PACs and not giving them the 501C3 uh, clearances to be tax exempt. I think that played a big role. Romney was a bad candidate. Romney beat Obama in the first debate and then backed off because he's a, a rhino Republican. Don't be surprised if Romney... Flirts with running again, or even actually puts his hat in the ring. Don't be surprised. But he's he's a squish. He's he's a McConnell. And by the way, he voted to impeach Trump on the first one, on one of the two. I don't remember which one it was. But nevertheless, you know, I've I've got all these friends of mine that. Uh, or Navy, another friend of mine, Bridget, she's, she just retired from the Navy and these guys sacrifice so much. You know, uh, another buddy of mine, Jason, that is basically Corey's best friend that takes care, I, I don't want to say takes care of, but looks out for him, um, is just a tremendous guy and They're all asking me, where's the podcast? Where's the podcast? And I'm like, I don't know what to say because I don't watch news anymore. I I really don't even watch TV. Every now and then I'll fix a frozen pizza and sit down and put it on uh, Amazon Prime and watch a movie or watch a a, a TV series, uh, you know, something dorky, How the Earth Was Made or... Uh, physics about black holes or something, but you know, for the most part, I don't even watch the guy here. Just to tell you how bad it is, and I know it's just me, but this is how anal I am about all this. Okay, some of my favorite movies: The Hunt for Red October. Okay, I read that book twice. The first one, it it was a struggle because a lot of technical stuff, but I saw the movie and it was such a good movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, if it's on, even if it's regular TV, uh, I won't watch it. I'll record it back in the old days. I don't have cable or none of that bull crap anymore, but back in the old days, I would record it. And then go back so I can fast forward through the commercials. Uh, the Godfather 1 and 2. Now, I lean toward The Godfather 2 being better than the first one. Um, simply because it tells the backstory of Don Corleone. But now, The Godfather one's my favorite. If... You know, I'll go and watch. I might watch 30, 45 minutes of it. The next time I get a chance, sit down and watch 30 minutes or so and it, till it finishes. It. Godfather 2, I don't want to watch. And I've paid for it. It's free. It's in my digital library. But Robert De Niro's in it. And he went off the rails. And I don't know that he's a wacko liberal, but he... He basically threatened Trump. You know, said I'd kick your ass. You know, off the cuff, whatever. Secret Service isn't gonna do anything. But he just he went off the rails. And it kills me about especially these Hollywood types. You know, Alec Baldwin making fun of him Saturday Night Live, whatever. I mean, George Bush, they had cartoons, little bushes or whatever, where they trashed the Bush administration. You didn't see that shit with Obama. In fact, they fired a rodeo clown in like Oklahoma or something, because he wore an Obama mask. He was a rodeo clown. Kathy, whatever her name is, the redheaded uh, POS comedian that was on Seinfeld, he gave her 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 career break, has a, a, a effigy of Trump's head. You know, Hank Jr. fired for having a metaphor of, I don't know, playing golf uh, with Obama would be like Hitler or something. He didn't say Obama was Hitler. He was fired by ESPN. He was fired. And, you know, he he come out with a tremendous album after that. Um good heartfelt songs. But now apparently he's back with them, but I wouldn't be, I'd, you know, there's no way I would. He owns the rights to the song. ESPN doesn't. He wrote the song. He owns rights. There's no way they, well, I can't say there's no way. Um, being old ocean red redneck boy that come from nothing. If I wrote the song, there probably is a price that that I would accept. But Hank Weeves Jr. obviously doesn't need it. And I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I would stand on principle. Or I would say, I'll sing the song, but at some point in the football game, you're going to give me 60 seconds to talk about my message. Because he's a Republican. He's probably not a conservative, but I would I would demand, I'll sing your opening Monday Night Football song or whatever, but I want 60 seconds to give my message. And if you don't want to give it to me, fine. You don't have to, but you're not getting my song. You're not getting it. I don't care how much you want to pay the rights for it. I own it. and And that's, That's how crazy it makes me that I've got a movie that for 20 years that I love that the Godfather Two, uh, the hunt for red October that not necessarily the hunt for red October, but the Godfather has so many lessons, um, especially for men, so many lessons in it, just like Star Trek, the original, um, the, the relationship between Captain Kirk and Spot. It, it's, this stuff has messages. But when you get these actors that just go off on a tangent and are just crazy, uh, there's a, a patent, no, what's Oswald, maybe, a fat guy that was on maybe King of Queens or something. Dude is a whack go. And I'm like, you got a bit part in King of Queens. The only reason I watched it is because one of my ex-wives watched it. And so in order to watch the hockey playoffs, I had to watch reruns of that. So I did. Okay. And you had a bit part in that and you have this loud voice in your you're loved and worshipped on Twitter and everything else. Well, those people, Bruce Springsteen, it, here's and here's the thing about Bruce Springsteen, he's been like that since the early 80s. If you listen to Born in the USA, we all thought, I was, I don't know, 13, 14 years old when the song came out. Courtney Cox, I think that was a song that she went on stage. She was a, a skinny, flat-chested girl. Pretty, but skinny, flat-chested girl with short hair. Uh, it, but, you know, I liked Springsteen's uh, his music. I didn't listen to the lyrics to what they were saying to me until I got older. And then at some point, In my evolution, I went from liking the song, sometimes because other people liked it, sometimes because it came on the frigging radio a thousand times a day. But once I really started appreciating my grandfather's music and I'll say my parents' music, Once I started appreciating music that was older, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, uh, Tony Bennett, uh, some of the big bands, uh, some of the classical, uh, uh, Tchaikovsky or whatever, um, Beethoven, Bach. And it's not my favorite, but it is good music course obviously no words but the uh 18 the overture of 1812 william tell overture uh where the 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 long ranger theme comes from there's many videos on youtube it, they're worth it they're worth listening to watching the orchestra i mean it's just fascinating um but then again i'm a dork i i get into stuff like that um, but once when I, when I heard Springsteen's lyrics on some of his music, I was like, well, everybody's looking at Born in the USA like it's a great patriotic song, but it's, it's really not. And I kind of felt cheated. Now, I didn't quit listening to his music then. Now, I feel like when he come out and done his crap with Trump, I feel like back in the 80s, when you put out that song, why didn't you tell everybody that it wasn't necessarily a patriotic song, that, you know, it was talking about the bad things that America has done, the bad decisions. Um, It's not blatant. But it's subtle. At the time, he didn't care about it. He wanted to get his subtle message across and make money. Now, the difference between Springsteen in, let's say, eighty-two and twenty-sixteen or seventeen, whatever, is he wasn't subtle. He come out and said it. Well. You know, fast forward 30 years or so, he's got more money than three generations can spend. So, yeah, he feels emboldened. He could say what he wants to. Alec Baldwin saying in 2004, four, two, zero, zero, and four. If George Bush is reelected, I'm moving out of America, never coming back. Still here, still here shooting MFers on the movie set. Still as arrogant and haughty, I think haughty, like, oh, I'm not turning in my phone. I'll turn it in when I get ready. You know, and I'm, I'm like, I don't wish anything bad on him. I, he was neglectful. I heard an interview with his brother. His brother says, hey, he knows better. But I think he should pay for it. You know, not the electric chair or anything, but, you know, manslaughter. Anyway, these guys, that's, it ruins me. So you watch news. I can't anymore. I can't do it. I can't really tell you current events. I can say gas prices are up. They've dipped a little bit. Um, I drive a gas guzzler. Uh, In fact, I've got a bumper sticker that says, um, fueled by recycled dinosaurs. And I hope it eats their ass. I had to pull off my hillary clinton bumper sticker that said uh life's a bitch don't vote for one with a picture of hillary clinton uh you wouldn't believe the people that flagged me down i had to pull over a couple of times i thought this old man was fixing a open fire on me because i had that sticker but no his wife wanted to get a picture of the driver of the vehicle with the sticker i I pulled over in a family dollar And the guy pulls in behind me, he's like, I don't know, like 80 years old or something. And I'm thinking, was grandpa packing? You know, is he fixing open fire? And he says, hey man, my wife wants to get a picture. She said, whoever that driver is, I want a picture. Um, I'd stop at red lights. I'd see people snapping pictures of it. But the picture faded and I had to get a new bumper sticker. And I thought, as good as that friggin' bumper sticker was, it's kind of out of date. Now I'm hoping she runs again, because I'll buy that thing again on Amazon. Uh, I don't think she will. I don't think she could stay sober long enough, but hey, they hid Joe Biden in the basement, you know, six or eight months, however long it was. So they did it with, with Hillary in 2016. She had very few events, very few events. Think about it. Most people don't remember it. But as few events as Joe Biden had, Hillary Clinton didn't have much more. And when she did, she had pitiful crowds. I mean, they would put tarps on on seats to, to get everybody to be together like they used to do here in the Gator Bowl. Um, nevertheless, so I can't talk about current events. I know there's a war in Ukraine. I know Putin is puffing up his chest. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? I mean, Joe Biden for who knows, 40 years, 50 years, however long, um, he's been in, the U.S. Senate and in Washington politics has always puffed his chest. He destroyed um, Judge Bork. His his career, his life, I mean, just destroyed the man in the 80s, maybe 86 Um you, these people talk about this Supreme Court uh, nominee that's going through this stuff now, uh, Kavanaugh, a couple of years ago. Nothing compared to what Biden did to uh, George, uh, Bork, Robert Bork. Nothing compared to what he did to Clarence Thomas. They were Vicious. Vicious. Because these guys held close to the Constitution. Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh wasn't even a good choice for Trump. But Trump had to make the deal to get Terry Kennedy off the court. Kennedy wanted Kavanaugh, so he had to make the deal. And look at what they did to him. There's no holds barred. And our elected officials, by and large, Mitch McConnell, these guys are going along to get along. So I'm thinking, you know, here I am, I'm one guy. And how, what kind of message can I send? We're going into the midterm elections. Our guy's safe, Rutherford's safe, Um, I think. I haven't heard of him being primaried. I don't know who the Democrat opponent is, uh, but we've got Trump um, endorsing candidates. Trump needs to endorse conservative candidates. He's, he's endorsing this Purdue in Georgia because the Georgia governor didn't do what Trump wanted in 2020. I understand it, dude. I get it. I've had people wrong me throughout my life. I, I still have a grudge. My grandfather who was Italian. My grandfather said a hundred years after he's dead, a Sicilian still remembers. So I know about carrying a grudge, okay? I'm not proud of it, Um, call it hard-headed. I may have to answer to St. Pete about it one day, Um, but I got the carrying the grudge. But Purdue is a bad candidate. He's not a conservative. I don't care if you endorse somebody other than this guy. I forget his name. Forgive me. But pick a conservative. The reason Purdue got beat in the Senate races, uh, him and the chick, uh, the Georgia runoffs, is Purdue wasn't a good candidate. Um, Trump telling people to stay home, I don't know if that factored into it. I know the Democrats played more shenanigans. I have no doubt that they played shenanigans. I think Purdue probably legitimately won the race. But in Georgia, if you have a conservative candidate, there's no question. Those shenanigans can overcome the people. Again, whether Trump telling people to stay home, it's all rigged, had an effect, I don't know. The, the chick, I want to say Leffler, but don't quote me. Um, the governor appointed her to the Senate uh, because... She was moderate. If you're moderate, you don't need to be listening to this podcast. I'm not going to chase you away. I'm not. Um. Well, I was going to say I'm not going to talk bad about you, but I am. I'm going to. You're a squish. If you're a moderate politically, you don't know what the hell you want. Um. I dated a girl, was engaged, in fact. Um, it's been over for some time, but I was engaged. She considered her mod herself a moderate. I said, "Then you can't make a decision. You don't know what you want. You 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 just you have no principles." Now I was harsh the first time I said it, and I kind of tweaked it. You know, you know how guys are. You'll do whatever you can. You you know, uh, I it, I never did it. At least I would never admit if I did do it, it's a hell of an idea. But if, uh, if sex were the only thing on my mind, if that was what I was like driven by, I would go to a a pro-life movement rally. No, is that what it's called? No. Uh, Pro-choice, pro-choice. I, I'm not like that. Even if I, even if I were, I couldn't do it because I think it's disgusting. It's murder. And if I relaxed my principles to, for sex, I couldn't, couldn't, I couldn't look in the mirror. I couldn't shave. I couldn't shave. But nevertheless, I don't want to, um, but this chick I was engaged to, you know, um, she was wishy-washy, and that's how they all are. I felt like that prior to meeting her, and I was kind of harsh in the first time I expressed that to her, but an independent is a little different. But when you say you're a moderate, or you try to parse it out and say, oh, I socially, um, I don't care if you're gay, or I don't care if anybody's gay. I remember before gay people could get married, They'd say, oh, gay rights, you you know, we're discriminated against. I'd say, how? Well, I can't marry a man. I'm gay, but I can't marry a man. Hey, dude, I'm a red-blooded, John Wayne, straight, ass-kicking, redneck American. But I can't marry a man either. So you're not being discriminated against because you're gay. You're gay you can't marry a man. I'm straight I can't marry a man there, no discrimination. If you want to change the definition of being married of what marriage is from 2000 thousand friggin years from you know Cleopatra or, or, or the aliens or whatever, you want to redefine marriage then you're redefining it for everybody. Have a civil union. If your partner gets sick, I want you to visit him. If if you both work and you make a million dollars a year, I want you to get his inheritance or hers or whatever. You know, I don't what you do behind closed doors is your business. And I, I and I would tell these people in a debate, in in a uh discussion, an argument, so to speak, like A lawyer, not I'm not gonna they're the ones, the liberals are the ones that get loud and name calling, etc. Because it's emotion. And mine is intellectual. Not I'm not saying I'm intellectual, I'm just saying it's reason, it's common sense. Common sense, the Bible, ten commandments, constitution. I don't need to be loud to express those principles. And even if if I didn't have them, you know, the Bible, yes. Thou shalt not murder, okay? That means if you're pregnant, you have the baby. I will say as they're, you know, they're great, incest, uh, rape, et cetera, which is like 3% of the cases. So I don't want to hear it. If you bring it up, I'll give it to you. I don't, I want to talk about the 97%. The girls that go to the bar, get drunk, have sex. And whoops. You know, um, the girls that have uh, access to condoms or or whatever they have nowadays. And just think, oh, I'm going to spread my legs. For everybody, what not everybody, whatever. I don't. And and it's a mistake. I, I'm not financially set up. Um, 14, 50 years old, 12 years old, whatever. It's a bad decision. You made the bad decision, and deal with it. If you can't handle the problem, put the child up for adoption and let somebody else. Let the grandparents, let somebody else handle the problem. Don't commit murder because you made a bad decision. Because chances are any woman that, well, except for one, but any other woman that I've talked to that's had an abortion regrets it. They don't tell you that, Planned Parenthood. They don't tell you that crap. But they regret it. Any woman anecdotally that I've ever talked to or that I've ever, I shouldn't say ever seen on TV, I can say anecdotally in my life, they have regretted that decision. Not that they would have kept it, but they regret taking that life because most of them had kids later on and they understood that you know, there's a stage, and they feel the baby kick, and you know the baby's born, and they love it, and, and there's so much joy, and and they understand that that was life. Again, I apologize. I I've been absent. Uh, I appreciate all the kind words. I really do, and encouragement. I didn't really probably say a whole lot, rambling, but it may take me a couple of these to ramble, um, to get back in the swing of it. Um, I really wanted to address the coronavirus and the motivation of our government, uh, federal, state, and local governments, of what it's about um because history tells us this is nothing new the young people that i've spoken to that listen to this podcast um over the past few months um uh, the young people tonight that I've, I've spoken to and even the older people um You may not know how this relates to history, but none of this is new. None of the language, nothing about what happened during the coronavirus is new. It was just a new opportunity, and that's what I really wanted to discuss, but when I said earlier I have constipation of the brain and I need to get it out, but I don't know where to start, this is what I mean. Because I didn't necessarily want to have a podcast where I just rambled and was all over the board. I'm not watching the news. I'm not watching current events. So I can't address stuff like that. Um, But I think I can be helpful and useful and teach, which I always wanted to be a teacher. I was a baseball coach for about 20 years. Um, In fact, saw a former ball player tonight. He's 38 years old, former ball player. I coached when he was nine or 10. That tells you how old I am. I want to use it. I don't want to persuade anybody. I just want you to know that this battle has been going on. It's been going on throughout human history. We've got examples in the Bible. We've got other examples. In the coming weeks, days, months, I hope that I can demonstrate effectively that. I don't want to read Euclid, but if Lincoln can go back from law school to his house he grew up in and read Euclid and demonstrate, then I think I can come up with a happy medium. I want to share something real quick. I'm running out of time desperately. I swear by my life and love of it. That I will never live for the sake of another man, nor ask another man to live for mine. I'll go into that later in another podcast, but it's a very significant statement, and it's something that we need to bring back. Anyway, that's all for now. It's good to be back.